0: We're really glad you found us, and we're going to explain why we're here. This is Amateur Hour, presented by Perfect Game. This is a podcast devoted to amateur baseball at all levels of amateur baseball, from the 10- to 12-year-old to the high schooler dominating and dreaming to the collegiate, whether you're in junior college or the Division One level, knocking at the door and dreaming of being a pro or getting the degree and going out into the real world and accomplishing things that baseball laid the foundation for you to accomplish. My name is Darren Sutton, and I'm honored to be along with Danny Wexelman hosting this podcast. Uh, Danny, this has kind of been something we've been talking about for years. This is the debut. We're rolling it out. This isn't a trial. It's out. We're not trying anything. It's out. But uh, this has been a long time coming. The players come first in this, uh, but the sport comes first. We want to get to know the families as well, the coaches, and a scout's perspective, too. But here we are.
1: This is the real deal, and I am so excited to help you put this podcast together, and storytelling is the name of the game, right? That's what we love to do, whether it's from the player perspective, as you've said, the scouts, the parents, the people who are involved in the lives of all these incredible athletes, and we're here to raise their voices, so this is an incredible opportunity for you and I, but also for all the people who are involved with Perfect Game and who play the game of baseball.
0: Music's going to be a part of this as well, and it's going to be a part uh, every couple of weeks as we release this podcast. Multiple award winner Ryan McIntyre, who is Midwestern-based, uh, and, and you can catch him everywhere from, from an eclectic pub in Milwaukee to a high-level corporate event in Chicago. He certainly is, is very, very busy online now during the pandemic, but Ryan's going to host with us. He's going to give you the passionate baseball fan's perspective. He's also going to give the parents' perspective.
1: I'm so excited to have him. He just brings and elevates this podcast to a different level and is just gonna spice things up, not only with the questions he's gonna ask, but with the music he's gonna provide to keep our podcast rolling along.
0: So here's the show, here's the podcast. I don't know, you're the expert on podcast. I called it the show. (laughs) Here's the cast that we're having this time. Uh, Chase Petty, 100 mile an hour man, an arm that has gotten up and over 100 at a PG event. Um, This is a gifted and unique athlete. Key word there is athlete, but Petty, a top prospect in the 21 draft.
1: And man, is this guy confident. I think he is an incredible first guest. I know he's going to not only bring the heat, but bring the personality, Darren.
0: Darren Baker, and of course I'm fond of his name. He is the son of Dusty Baker, but his story is being written as his own author now. Uh, He is heading back to Cal for yet another year. This is an athlete that last year, if it were not a five round draft, would have been selected, would already be a pro, but there's much more to Darren Baker than just the baseball side.
1: I can't wait to hear more about his story, about his dad, obviously, and the playoffs, but I'm really just excited to hear what he hopes to do in the 2021 college season.
0: And then also on this show, we're going to take a little bit of a snapshot from one of our other products. It's on SiriusXM. We have a a bunch of radio shows. We'll tell you about them at the end. But Hunter Pence is the new co-host of Perfect Game College Baseball. He, in his inaugural show, brought that energy, brought that inquisitiveness that he's shown so well as a man and as a baseball player to Tim Corbin, the Elvis of college baseball, the head coach of Vanderbilt. We had to bring just at least a sampling of that into this podcast
1: okay so everyone knows hunter pence the baseball player but i don't know if everyone knows hunter pence the entertainer and this guy i think is just going to be a like a home run a smash like just out of the park with everything he's going to be able to contribute with us
0: i'll let you go with home run hokey there baseball term i'll let you go with it but we're not stopping recording Uh, i'm gonna let you go with home run there
1: (laughs) That was terrible.
0: With a podcast like this, as we take a quick pause, it has to be stated that none of this really insightful information comes to us and helps us ask the right questions without perfect game scouts. What they see, who they see under pressure situations, uh, how they see them with a track record that is just hard to argue with of seeing players at the next level, seeing them in the minor leagues, seeing them project to the major leagues. And so we have created a segment that is just a must, and we're thrilled because we learned so much from these these gentlemen. Uh, It's called Scout's Eyes. And so let's go into the notebook of our first scout, Jared Goodwin, who's Perfect Games National Scouting Director. Jared?
2: Going to kind of do the whole spectrum here from some draft risers from the fall, especially the WWBA, also known as Jupiter, that was held in Fort Myers, on down to some exciting guys for the 2022 class And then actually some festival implications. That's the perfect game. Festivals, in particular, the 14U that will come up next summer. Gavin Conicello, a huge draft riser during the summer, has really started to put things together this fall. He has... uh, controlled the strike zone a ton better. Footwork at third base has looked, has looked a lot more clean. And if he continues to show both of those things, in particular that strike zone discipline and the footwork at third, the ability to stay on the dirt on the left side, he could be a huge, huge riser in the spring. He's young for the class, hit monster home runs at both the Florida qualifier and the WBA World Championship. And I think he's really gained some steam. Alex Mooney finished strong at the WWBA World Championship, got some huge comps from like Dansby Swanson and other guys. He can just hit. He can run. He's super athletic. He he really hasn't even started getting his man strength, but he, he has really put some things together. Alex Uloa was, was spectacular. He can really swing the stick. He impacts it to all fields. He's got some defensive versatility. I think when he when he gets his feet under him, he's going to be able to stay at shortstop with plenty of arm. And he is an absolute gamer. Carlos Pena was as accurate with his barrel that as we've ever really seen. Uh, he's always had monster power, especially to the pull side. However, he was so accurate with the bat, he did not miss anything in Jupiter to a tune of like 500 with three or four extra base hits. And coming from the left side, he's another one that's also young for the class. Heading to the 2022s, guys, we're really excited about. Malcolm Moore put up two home runs at the WWBA World Championship. Robert Chase Shores, 6'8", looks like he's the next big right-handed pitcher coming out of Texas. Jackson Holiday, that's Matt's son raked all fall, uh, was up and down in the summer, but really, really had a consistent fall, both with hit, on base, and power. He's an exciting young left-handed bat. And Luis Rayano Re- uh, has gained velocity the entire summer. A lot of times when guys are, are starting to lose velocity, the six-foot-five frame right-handed pitcher from Florida, the breaking ball is getting better, and, and he just keeps he just keeps ticking up every time we see him. Some of the new festival guys that, that we really like, Mason Pike had a huge weekend this weekend in Florida. He's a switch hitter, good actions at shortstop, and didn't hit a single, all extra base hits, uh, while he was here, Aiden Harris hit probably the two most impactful balls the entire weekend. His upside is just enormous. Adrian Arizaga from, uh, from Puerto Rico, uh, the swing really projects long term. He's a shifty defender, wiry frame, really projects well long term. And uh, he's got some polish there, too. And then Blake Rabin was all tournament team at the sophomore WWBA the underclass WWBA, the freshman WWBA, and now the Fall World Series that just happened. Uh, That type of resume for a kid that at at 14 years old, when we say polish, he's actually got one. He throws quality strikes, he's got feel, uh, and he's got a ton of toughness. So uh, that's it for me. Look forward to talking to you soon, thanks.
0: So Chase Petty is where I'd like to start because this is just an interesting guy in a lot of levels. You peel back and you start at the top where everyone would pay attention, right? So at the 17U-WWBA, not familiar with that an event, it's a key event in the middle of the summer with draft eligible guys for the following year that's in Atlanta. He threw 100. Like he went to that event and threw 100 miles an hour. As a Perfect Game All-American on a national stream and everyone watching MLB.com streaming at perfectgame.tv, he threw 99. And so that's the top layer, right? Then you go one layer down and it's the rankings. He's within the top 10, even if the rankings change in the United States, Uh, as the recording of this goes on, he's number eight, but this is the number one player in New Jersey, massive state, tons of athletes. But where I really wanna go when I peel it back one more time before our conversation are some thoughts that he shared with me prior to the national showcase about his mom, Bonnie. I asked him what inspired him and he said, and I quote, these are the words of Chase. These aren't mine, these are Chase's words. My mom inspires me more than anyone in the world. She's overcome things and obstacles some people could never manage. Watching her struggle then, looking at her now, makes me want to be, now listen to this, makes me want to be even half the man than she is a woman. She's been my true rock through everything, and I mean every single thing in my life. She has and always will be my right hand and my go-to. I love her more than anything in the world, and I know she will always be there for me even when she isn't. She's my inspiration in all the things over anyone else. That's a great way to start, right? I think we peeled deep enough. Let's let Chase take it the rest of the way. Do you have a baseball nearby? If if not, can you grab one?
3: I do not. Can you go, Bill, can you go in Logan's car and it's in my bag? Yeah. You will have a baseball in the house? No, it's my baseball bag.
0: I kind of agree, Bill. I I think it's a little (laughs) ridiculous.
3: he's he's being
0: interviewed as being a baseball star and he has no baseball
3: (laughs) I'm a 50 year old I'm
0: a 50 year old has been and I have one right here petty first ever podcast we're excited you're on it I mean bottom line we're thrilled you're on it I want to start in the the lead-in that I that I led into it's the quote about your mom you talked about you know your mom Bonnie the inspiration she provides for you the obstacles she's overcome those are words you wrote I want you to bring them to life Um, explain to me what you meant when you talked about the inspiration, the overcoming obstacles. Uh, You basically called her your right hand for everything you do in life. Expound upon what that means, Chase.
3: So um, growing up, I didn't have the best home life, um, as a lot of people really don't. Um, I watched my mom struggle through addiction for for years, and um, watching her overcome that um, and watching her grow and become a better person all around, um, it kind of just made me realize, like, like if she can do that, she can do anything. And I want to be just like her. I want to I wanna have the strength that she has.
0: So wow, you, you're in your teens still and you have empathy, right? I mean, a young man with empathy, not every teenage boy has that kind of empathy. Man has that kind of empathy. And it probably provides for you the, I have athletic ability and I cannot slack for one moment. She's going to work yeah. this hard to get her life right and to be there for me. I have
3: no excuses. Do you apply that when you maybe don't want to work hard for your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, that, that watching her go through that, um, really built my work ethic and like why I work so hard, like now, I mean, it's kind of just, it's made me who like, like it gave me my work ethic, like what I have now.
1: So you take that and you apply it to the person that you are on the mound as well. And we had some conversations at the All-American Classic Um, about you and you know just a lot of different things so knowing where you kind of get your inspiration from and, and how you use that what is your mentality when you go out on the mound because man you're throwing 100 miles an hour and everyone wants to know what is going on in the head exactly of somebody who is throwing 100 miles an hour on the mound and so give me some insight tell me what's going on.
3: Um, I mean, I'm kind of just relaxed. I want to stay like focused as possible. Um, I just really just want to work on like my command. I want to, I want to learn a lot about the hitters as I'm facing them, um, as I go on. And, um, I kind of want to like, I want to be the best, like the most headstrong I can be in an, in an at bat as I possibly can. I don't want to get too frustrated with going on, like, with like what's going on around me. Um, what happens behind me? Um, I can only control what I do. So I just have the mentality that I'm better than you. I'm going to get you out. And if you don't kudos to you, but Kind of just, kind of I'm like on the mound I'm kind of just, I'm better than you. You're not stopping me, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, as you should have that mentality. And okay, so you're a teenager. You are in the middle of a global pandemic. You're in your senior year of high school. Um, You are highly touted at what you do. You're facing so many different distractions um, as the person that you are in the life that you are living. How do you stay so focused and stay so level-headed and also be so thoughtful in, in what you're saying um, with everything going on around you?
3: Um, I mean, it's kind of just how I grew up. Um, I was kind of just, baseball was always like my life. It was always like, it was always my, my escape from everything and it still is. Um, and I mean, my mom's always there for me. My brother's are always there for me. And it's kind of, it's, it's actually really easy with them being my support group. Petty,
0: you, you didn't have your junior season, right? And, but you're not alone. Yeah, no one else did yeah. in, in the, yeah. the whole world, no matter the sport. <laughs> what, what were some things you do? I, I looked at the workouts that you shared. Um, what were some of the hardcore workouts you did once in April you knew it was done? You switched gears to what? You weren't going to be on the mound. Describe yeah. some of your daily workouts that maybe brought that velocity up, the resting of the arm. Describe your daily workouts in April and May.
3: Um, so it was basically just like the same three lower, uh, body lifts, um, three times a week. Um, it was mainly be more descriptive
0: it's, it's specifically. What was it that you did?
3: So I, I, did squats, um, and I would do usually five sets of five of, of a reps and stuff. And, um, and the and way would always differ. Uh, there'd be some days where I'm doing heavy. Uh, there were some days where I'm doing like mediocre. And then there's like other days where I'm kind of doing like low, but make sure my form's always really good. And that's the same thing with, um, with my deadlift that I would do, which is the, which is one of the other main workouts, and now split squats, which is it was, it was the last one.
0: Quick follow up, Danny. A lot of it, a lot of it is about explosiveness. I mean, yes. part of what you're talking about sounds like you're doing a shortstop or a base stealers workout. If you follow me there, um, mm-hmm. explain to me from your mind how the explosiveness in your core and your legs has helped make your
3: arm and your fastball that much stronger. Um, I mean, if you look at my mechanics, I'm a lot. I'm like I'm like mainly like my legs i'm really like like focused on my lower half and i mean ha- having a strong core having a st- having strong legs um and being like having my arm be able to catch up with it i mean it's kind of just like it brings it all together because um, i always had a fast arm but i never really had the leg strength to really get into my legs um until around like sophomore year i started using them so it's kind of like my biggest focus is working core working legs just so i can have the power in my bottom half to help maintain my arm speed
1: So I'm just looking up some of the notes that I wrote from the classic. And you told me, so Marcus Stroman, he's your guy, he's the smaller. And then Jacob deGrom because of the energy that he brings. So when you look at a guy, are you watching him play baseball? Are you watching him on social media? Like take me inside why or how you become a fan of a major league player.
3: Um, it's kind of both. Um, I mean, I always see, uh, Stroman on Instagram, you know, I, I like, like I'm me, myself, I'm a big apparel guy. Like I like the drip. I like the drip. So and Strowman, he's big, you know, so I like him and like, and I see videos of him and I watch him throw and he has a lot of energy bringing towards him. Same thing with the ground. Uh, the energy is just, it's immaculate. It's great. And, um, I kind of want to put that into my own game.
0: Give me a bit of a description from your mind's eye on what occurred at the 17 UWWBA in Georgia when you found out you hit triple digits it's a milestone. <laughs> of, you know, As an old minor league pitcher myself, most uh, of us in the world <laughs> will never know what it's like. I was thrilled to hit 88, right? So <laughs> <laughs> just, just describe what it was like. Um, you were pitching for the FDB San Francisco Giants scout team. But somehow yes, you found out that it occurred. How did it happen? How did you find out? And wh- how did it make you feel?
3: So, like, during the inning, I was kind of, like, I felt really good. I felt really loose. Um, everything was feeling really smooth. And then, like, the one pitch that was 100, it felt a lot more smooth than the rest of them. But, I mean, I wasn't thinking, oh, I just hit 100. Um, so, I walk in the dugout, and as, like, I'm walking in, um, my coach just, like, puts up 1-0-0. Zero, zero. And, like, I didn't believe him. I thought he was just messing with me. And so then he showed me that it was on, like, the – um he told me that was on diamond cast. And I was like, there's no way. And I was just, and like my whole team was going crazy for me. It was a, it was a great experience.
1: So now you're the hundred mile per hour guy, right? <laughs> Everybody knows that. What do you do with that? How do you take that and, and use it for good moving forward and, and also showing people like, yeah, I throw a hundred, but I can also do many other things and try yeah. to, you know, sell yourself that way.
3: Um, I kind of, my biggest thing right now is getting myself away from the reliever talk. Um, so my biggest thing is um, if, I'm, if I'm throwing 100, I want to maintain it. I don't want to just throw it once and then go down in velocity. I want to maintain it throughout the whole game. I mean, so like that's my biggest thing right now with going forward. All right,
0: baseball. All right, and this is pitcher to pitcher here. You're a fresh one. Bring your yep. pitches to life, and, and I always ask pitchers to do that. Don't just show me the grip and give its name. Bring it to life like mm-hmm. you're bringing it each pitch into the room yeah. and introducing me. So show me the grip of your – Fastball change up slider, is that the three?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me so the grip I and bring go, them to life. So, this is my two seam. I go, I don't do it av- like a normal two seam. I kind of go across the seam, two seam, which is kind of weird. A lot of people don't really like find it like normal. um But so, I used to throw a regular, generic two seam, but I always like, I guess my command wasn't as great with it and it wasn't like, and like it didn't feel as good. So I started, I tried this grip out and I started throwing it and um, everything just came a lot easier, came a lot better, felt a lot better coming off my hand. Um, so I kind of just stuck with it. And um, so then my slurve, I throw like a spike slurve. I have my thumb, like a, I go like across still. Um, I and I'm, my, I'm interrupting uh, you
0: here, reminding everyone this is an audio medium too. So up across the horseshoe is what he's doing. And uh, we're showing Romo, obviously, uh, by the way, his two scene he was describing was across Jerry Ford's signature on the baseball. So, uh, across that now back to it, we'll do both. We'll do explain like no one can see it, but then you can show me. How's that?
3: Okay. All right. So then, yeah, then my spike slur, so it's across the horseshoe. Um, and I spike my pointer finger. Don't put a lot of pressure on it. Um, and I kind of just let my wrist, let my finger, my, uh, point, my, um, middle finger, my thumb do a lot of the work and, um, I kind of just just let it rip kind of I guess you could say. Um, and then my change up is inside the seams. It's um as if you would throw a generic uh two seam but it's uh in like every it's all three fingers in the seam. And then I kind of just like when I throw it, um, I kind of like uh, let off on my uh, on my pointer finger a little bit, like my pointer finger a little bit and then I'll kind of just like pronate. Um So yeah. yeah. it's kind of
0: the change up sorry danny the the change up is is wild cuz there's a little yeah. bit of that vulcan where you're splitting yeah. with your pinky finger and you have you know almost the almost a, the devil's pitchfork right there yeah. between the seams yeah. where in the world did you learn that change up grip
3: so <laughs> so i used to throw a, um, a circle and then it kind of wasn't as effective it was more um it was more fade than depth than i wanted and so my trainer, Mike Adams, he was like, yo, try this grip. And so I was like, okay, why not? I'm, I'm open to learn something new. And so then I did it and I kind of just, it just felt really, it just felt a lot better, literally just like right off rip. It was kind of just, it just, and, and it's on, it's obviously like, it's honestly showed a lot. It's um it's improved a lot.
0: Did he say try this grip or yo, try this grip?
3: He said, yo, try this grip. Yep.
1: Okay. I
0: just wanted to make yep. sure, Danny, yep. sorry about that. I just want to confirm yep. that. Okay.
3: Yep. Yep.
1: We like to fact check here on this. Chase, my last one for you. <laughs> if you are facing yourself in the box, how do you get a hit off you? I won't. <laughs> you yeah, won't? I'm
3: not, I, yeah, no, I, I don't even.
1: If, I mean, okay, how about this? Let me rephrase this for a quick second. If um, uh, Brady House is facing okay. you in the box – how okay. does Brady get a hit off of you?
3: Uh, he won't. <laughs> I mean.
1: Great answer. I love it. That's great. I'm, I'm good. I I'm, mean. Mike dropped that. Yeah. No,
0: he still had more to say, though. There was more to say. Chase, yo, go I ahead.
1: Mean, I'm just saying. I mean,
3: it, we faced each other area code And we saw what happened. I mean. <laughs> hey,
0: Bonnie, you saying. there
3: still?
4: Yes, I'm here.
0: You've done an amazing job. You've got a good young man. Congratulations. You. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We're not, we're not nope. editing this part out. You're hearing Bonnie. <laughs> That's mom. She's the superstar. That's who you're hearing on this podcast. Bonnie, thanks for sharing him with us. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Any parting words you have for moms that might be listening? You know, you got a 12, 13 year old boy. Your boy's pretty good. Uh, what do I do to keep him on the right path for those moms out there with younger teenagers? Keep him in baseball, keep him busy. That's perfect. A couple of words. Well, a lot of, a lot of wisdom there. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks guys. Thank you, right. you so much, Chase. Thank
0: you. Pausing again and stepping back into our scouts eyes segment. Let's go into the notebook of national Crosschecker
5: Jeremy Brown, Jeremy. For me, focusing on the 13U and 14U levels, the fall's an exciting time for me because it kind of restarts the calendar, so to speak for these players as the 13U eligible players from this past summer are now the next crop, the 14U wave of talent coming up for this upcoming summer. And with the WWBA freshmen a couple of weeks back in Fort Myers, the 14U in Panama City two weeks ago in the Fall World Series this past week in Sanford, it kind of gives us our look, our first looks at some of these players that are going to be at the 14U this upcoming summer, the 13U this upcoming summer, And it also provides us another look at some of the players, see where they're at in terms of their development. Slade Caldwell, Connor Griffin, Aiden Harris, those are three players that were in the 13-U Select Festival this past year in Oklahoma City. And they're three players who kind of continue to show what we know they're capable of. Caldwell, left-handed hitter out of Arkansas, really sets a tempo atop the lineup for BPA. Speed plays, strength in his hands, Compact frame, but he's not afraid to go to all parts of the field and can really drive the baseball with intent. Connor Griffin, built slightly different than Caldwell at six foot two, Long-limbed, high-waisted. Glides when he's in the outfield, glides on the bases, which kind of speaks to his coordination and athleticism. On the mound, up to 82-84, but it's with the bat where you're going to notice Griffin the most. It's a long-leveraged swing. The ball jumps off his barrel. And throughout his time in Panama City, he squared the ball up more often than not. Aiden Harris out of the trio is the most physical, one of the top ranked 2024s, but due to his age, he's able to play down. And he's somebody that we're gonna monitor closely heading into next year's 14U circuit. As the ball simply is just jumps differently off his bat. Wood or BB core, he's looking to impact the ball. We saw balls 93, 98 miles per hour off the barrel with wood during Fort Myers, and he continued to swing it loudly while he was in Sanford. And while we know names and know players at this level, it's impossible to know all the names. Players continue to make jumps in terms of their development, or simply just jump on the scene and are being saw, seen for the first time. Such is the case with Everett Johnson, leadoff hitter for the canes excelled during wwba freshman and 14u won mvp at the 14u hit north of 500 in fort myers at the freshman and it's a kind of a complete package quick twitch um the speed plays in the outfield made one of the best defensive plays i personally seen all summer then you jump take into account the bat to ball skills how he's going to spark an offense at the top of the lineup and there's a lot to like whether you're a high school coach a travel ball coach or even a college coach as they turn their attention somewhat to this class as well as Johnson Landon Schaefer is another player who kind of I have got to see for the first time and we had known about him he had been up to 82 on the mound but I liked him a lot with the bat it's another long-limbed loose swing from the right side whips the barrel through and he's a type of body and athlete that you're going to want to watch and monitor closely especially as he continues to fill out as he's already agile at third base and the ball jumps off of his barrel
0: so i can never make this truly official but i've got to talk about it my father played with dusty baker through the 70s and some key moments in baseball and uh, as baker certainly a manager with the cincinnati reds that's when i remember most uh, as, a, as an opposing broadcaster, we had some pretty real conversations with me and Dusty Baker, and he always would kind of give me credit for the name Darren and understanding that's, that's where Darren may or may not have gotten his name. Now, that may have been just Dusty buttering me up to be positive on the opposing broadcast, but here is Darren Baker. A man. I mean, not just a young man now, nobody's namesake, his own. Here is Darren Baker at Cal. Here is Darren Baker that at a Perfect Games National Showcase back in 2016, NorCal Baseball, his travel team. This was a young man that at the National Showcase held his own every way, shape, and form with a 6'6", 360. He stood out amongst the crowd. And without a five-round draft, Danny... Darren Baker would have been a draft pick. He already would be a pro coming out of Cal last year, but he's back for yet another year at Cal up in Berkeley.
1: So we're going to get to talk to him about what he's doing in college, what life has been like uh, on campus, what baseball activities have been like, but also we're going to talk to him about his dad and about that relationship that you're mentioning is so special and unique. And if it weren't for the pandemic, Darren, Darren Baker said he wouldn't have had – as much time with his dad this season. He got more time because dad was home during the pandemic, waiting for baseball, for Major League Baseball to resume. So he got that extra time with him. What did he learn? What did they talk about? What did they watch? What did they eat? I can't wait to hear more about that and just hear how excited he is for the 2021 college season. Let's get started. So you are a part of our inaugural Amateur Hour podcast, Darren, and we're so happy to have you. So welcome to it.
6: Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. So I want to rewind to a little bit earlier in the year when the world kind of stopped spinning, sports were shut down, your dad was home. And that was something that was unexpected. That was something that was not granted or, or not, you know, no one thought would happen. And you were home with your family as well. So what I want to know is if we were flies on the wall inside the Baker household, Paint us a picture. What was going on? Were you playing games? Were you cooking meals? What were the conversations that were happening with you and your family?
6: Yeah, I mean, uh, well, at that time, obviously, there, there were no sports. Um, so there's no okay. b- baseball, basketball, or football. And um, you know, my dad actually took a liking to a lot of Western movies, which <laughs> I never really knew about. And then uh, I never watched so many Clint Eastwood films. Um, but, um, you know, my dad's huge into into, you know, gardening and and uh, that's something, you know, I would want to look into, especially, you know, I mean, during the pandemic, you know, where grocery shelves are, you know, looking bare. Um, so I, I think that's one tool I, I, I definitely picked up for him. But, um, you know, we just whatever we can to pass the time.
1: I think that it was so special, the the time that people did have with their families and if they were able to go home and learn maybe some new facts about their families or their parents or something that they didn't know, on the baseball side of things, your dad coming home from spring training and, and the major league season pushing pause, you, um you know, heading into uh, in the middle of your season, really probably conference play, right about when everything shut down, what were baseball conversations like with your dad? And, you know, did he offer any insight into, you know, how to kind of overcome this really challenging moment?
6: Definitely. Um, You know, I was... You know, as many of other college baseball players were i mean devastated um you know i think I don't think any of us expected it to be cancelled when they initially uh suspended the season, so it was definitely unexpected but um you know my dad always always feels like he knows exactly what to say um you know he talked to me about controlling what I can control, and um you know none none of us had control of the situation, so uh, all we can do is just keep working until another time comes. Hey,
0: so so help clear this up for me. The uh, the name Darren, what's the origination? Where'd you, where'd you get that name?
6: Uh, it was actually Darren Lewis. Um, he played for my dad. I'm not sure the years before. I remember he- him. Before. Absolutely, yeah. I do. Um, and he's a cow guy too, which is a small world at how it worked out. Um, yeah. But yeah, he had a nice career. He, he was a good player. Yeah, and, and he's, he's been great. I mean, uh, you know, I've known him since I was a, obviously born, and, um, you know, he comes back to Cal fundraisers and and speaks to the teams. Baseball talk just a little bit, my friend.
0: You at the 2016 PG National Showcase were a great defender. You're a great defender now. Let's go into specifics on how you think you've evolved defensively. And, and Darren, that might mean mentally that you've evolved defensively and physically, and I guess the final part of that is how have you done that because you now are known – as one of the best defenders in the country as far as infield and college baseball?
6: Yeah, I mean, uh, it definitely took a lot of work. Um, You know, I always had, you know, athleticism, but, um, you know, I never really learned, you know, footwork and, um, you know, my hand technique until I really got to college. And, um, you know, B.J. Gwynn, who was our volunteer assistant, um, you know, he played at school, and he won a defensive player of the year himself. So. I mean, he really pushed me to that next level. And, um, you know, the more games you play, obviously, um, you know, the speed of the game slows down a little bit. But um, just repetition, really.
0: So what advice then would you give that young, what were you, 17 back then, and all the other 17-year-olds out there who are listening to this on how to improve? The work he did was good, but maybe be a little bit more specific on some things that they physically could do uh, it's great to be a good athlete but you know about the soft hands and feet. What what are one or two things that you could share with young athletes that you say, "Hey, you can do this and soften those hands and get that mind right defensively?"
6: Um the jump rope really um I probably jump roped every day for I don't know how long. Um you know, just foot speed and and you know, your hands and feet work together. I mean, it's it's obviously crucial in the infield. I mean, if your hands and feet are in the right position, the ball usually catches itself uh, most of the time. So um, just footwork, ladders, um, you know, I play a lot of wall ball with um, a lacrosse ball and just, you know, any like concrete wall in, in the park or, or whatnot. And, um, you know, just having fun with it. I mean, it's a lot of rhythm defensively and, um, you know, you pick on it, you know, you just chop away, chop away, chop away. And, you, know, you see improvement
1: so you mentioned that you know your dad kind of helping you understand the the phrase control the controllables right and and just stay the course so we're gonna look ahead to 2021 because we don't need to talk about 2020 anymore so 2021 <laughs> is a season right 2021 is a season that you maybe weren't expecting to be a part of um, maybe thinking probably that you we're definitely going to be drafted. So now you're back. I want to know, what does this team look like? Who's a part of this team? Who are the playmakers? Who are the hustlers? Like, you know, give us the insight and the goods into this Cal team.
6: Yeah, you know, I mean, um, I'm actually really grateful to be a part of this team. I mean, I'm probably more excited about this upcoming season than um, any of the other four. I mean, we didn't have a lot of turnover last year um, because of the five-round draft. And, you know, we were young, especially um, in the pitching staff. Um, but, you know, those guys got their feet wet and and a lot of them showed that, um, you know, proved it to themselves that they can play at this level. So um, we've got three studs on the weekend and, and um Grant Holman, Sean Sullivan and Sam Steinberg, who, sh- who should um, all three of them be pretty high draft picks. And then, um, you know, we returned Quinn Selma, who was a um, first team all conference um, his sophomore year at third base. And, um, you know, I, I'm feeling pretty good, though. So, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I mean, after the fifteen-year
0: baseball career, and you know, we're all talking about all the things that you accomplished. And I'm, maybe I'm shortchanging you at fifteen, but uh, what do you want to do after that? What 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 stirs your pot? What are you passionate about? What's that big job going to be for you after you play baseball for a long
6: time? Yeah, this is actually a conversation. Um, me and my sister have a lot. Um, you know, she's a little bit older than me, and. Um, you know, I, I really like to, to give back to my community, um, especially in Sacramento. You know, uh, I volunteered at Loaves and Fishes our different homeless shelters in high school. Um, I don't, you know, it's just a passion to me. I mean, I feel like a lot of people need help and um, why can't I be the one to help them is kind of my mentality. So something in that form, um, just you know, making things a better place.
1: Oh, I love that so much. That's super cool. And maybe to piggyback off of that a little bit, um, something about you that nobody knows that that I can't find on the internet. That if I do a Google search of your name and I see your Instagram and Twitter, something about you that I would never find that's outside of baseball.
6: Yeah, uh, I actually am a black belt in Taekwondo. Um, Yeah, I uh, I was one. I lost by one point in the national qualifier um when i was around 14 and i would have went to i think it was kansas city that year and uh competed with kids all around the country and things like that but uh yeah that's one i i I can play (laughs) piano i can play the drum um yeah i like to be as uh you know skilled as possible yeah life's Uh, short why not
0: why not make the most of it Uh, Your pops and I have had some pretty deep conversations through the years, some of them on the record and some of them off the record in his office um, when I was a much younger broadcaster. And we've talked a lot about diversity and race too in in baseball. Long before you were all, you know, your opinion's always been welcome. But now as a man, your opinion is really welcome. This has been a challenging year. And Danny and I are always talking about the responsibility to listen. Um, Gosh, if you even think about it, Darren, your dad was in the the second wave, he was the second generation of integrated baseball, period. I mean, the second generation of integrated baseball, and he shared stories about minor league baseball in the South and and being with Ralph Garr and his teammates. What were your conversations like, You know, and I'm sure you've had many throughout your childhood and throughout being a, a younger man. In June, uh, when the world started to really change a lot, we all became more aware. What were some of the conversations, you, your dad, your mom, those that you respect, um, what were some of your conversations like at home? Right.
6: I mean, um, is you know, I've been lucky enough, you know, um, you know, just to learn from my dad at a, at a younger age about, um, just the history and, and things he's seen firsthand. Um, but it was a little different. It, it kind of hit home with me, you know, with everything in June, cause I'm a little older and, um, you know, it, it's kind of, it's my generation, you know, and, um, you know, so him and I just, you know, I just asked, you know, why a few times and. You know some different conversations there, but um, you know it's 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 pretty crazy what's going on. And um, you know at Cal we have a um, you know a social justice you know committee and where we could have open conversation about you know different things that are going on in the in the country right now and 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 you know how to bring those conversations into um, households. You know a lot of people may have questions and and don't really know how to bring it up. So um, I think you know my dad and then. Having that support group um, definitely helped me.
1: I'm going to uh, rewind one more time. I just thought of this, you know, just these all these conversations of you and your dad and, and firsts. And this is our first podcast. So can you maybe go back in the memory bank and tell me your first memory of either you playing baseball or a memory that involves your dad and baseball?
6: Oh, man. I know, I
1: put you on the spot. Um,
6: there, there's a memory that sticks out. Um, definitely, we're in Chicago. I, I want to say I was around um, like four or five, and I had my first glove. It was a Wilson. Um, I loved it, and um, it was starting to snow in, in, in Chicago in that month, and you know, I wanted to you know throw snowballs at my dad or whatnot. And <laughs> um, I left my glove down somewhere, and, and I lost it and um he didn't buy me another glove until almost a whole year after that so i would show up to the park and in his huge outfielder's glove i was five years old trying to catch <laughs> it. um but he taught me my lesson i mean i, I never lost another glove after that that's awesome that's, a that's awesome i love that so
0: the other thing that goes in, and I'm going to show you, there's this guy. His name's Steve Rogers, right? Old school baseball player. Mm-hmm. So you and I share one thing in common. We both have been in the middle of the action when we're not supposed to be, right? <laughs> and you're infamous for it. You're, you're, you're famous and infamous for it. Mine was up in Montreal. I was a bat boy. Steve Rogers was backing up home plate. I went to pick up a bat that was thrown out of the way by the umpire because there was to be a play at the plate. Steve Rogers was backing up because he had just given up a double, and he ran me over and stumbled and the whole thing. Nothing like your world, my friend, on the worldwide situation, national TV, J.T. Snow. My friend, how often do you get asked about, about that moment when you were three? Were you three? Is that right? Yeah, I was
6: three. I was three. That made me. There was really a no better.
0: excuse for me. There was really no excuse for me. I was quite a bit older, but I still got run over by Steve Rogers. Um, how often does that come up?
6: That's a pretty cool story, but... Um... <laughs> every day i mean um especially like if i'm around my dad like um like we even go to i don't know the grocery store and someone recognizes him and they're like hey are you that kid that got picked up and i was like yeah that was me um but you know it's 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 all in good taste now i mean um, you know i i honestly wish i did remember it that would be one of the coolest moments of my life but um to watch the highlight back is pretty funny
1: Dee, that's all I had. You have anything else for this guy? Man, this has seriously been amazing.
0: No, thank you, my friend. Thanks for taking so much time. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Always a pleasure. Consuming audio. That's what you're doing right now. This just scratches the surface as it pertains to perfect game content. First off every Sunday, MLB network radio on Sirius XM channel 89. It's MLB round trip with perfect game four to six Eastern. The only show devoted to amateur baseball, the real focus in that show, the high school game, the travel ball game, and the elite athlete kind of right below the college age group, but we'll open it up to others because we keep that college focus for every Tuesday, Tuesday night, 10 o'clock Eastern on ESPNU, channel 84 on Sirius XM. Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence is the co-host for Perfect Game College Baseball, all kinds of great stories, lots of great coaches, elite athletes on campus. And we're not done on campus because at 11 o'clock Eastern every Tuesday, again, Sirius XM, Channel 84, ESPNU, it's Perfect Game Softball. Now, that show is devoted to amateur and college softball. Amanda Fried, Olympic gold medalist, an All-American and a national champion at UCLA is my co-host. For a little bit of a slice out of that audio pie, Hunter Pence in his debut as the co-host of the college baseball show with the rock star on campus and really nationwide Vandy head coach, Tim Corbin boys.
7: And it doesn't surprise me that, you know, the giving and the, and the team mentality. Um, it's something that I, I've definitely noticed, but one thing I wanted to hit on that I thought you said was really well. And something that I always felt was big um, is how we speak about ourselves and, and what you're talking about, how you're dressing, doing the little things, right. Just do the, the little thing, right and you can control your character. So the list of these names and all of these people, you can tell that they've had your mark because they've all done those things right. But talk a little bit about, um, about how you, how do you implement that into the whole team? As like, we're gonna talk highly of ourselves. We're gonna talk kindly. We're gonna back each other up. Like, what are some of the implementations and, and have you read any books or anything on this that you would recommend? Because I would like to kind of follow in your footsteps of what you've studied.
8: Well, I appreciate you saying that. I I think I don't read a whole lot. I listen more than than I read, I guess. But I, I think it's just the classroom setting that we have, Hunter. I, that that's a, since 2006, we've always started that way. We uh, we had we've had a classroom that overlooks the field, and as I said, we had to modify it this year. But we start there every every day and spend 30 to 45 minutes in there and. A lot of the subject areas have nothing to do with baseball at all. It, it's more about teaching concepts and whether it's, uh, whether it's a teachable spirit, whether it's being a positive life force, whether it's discipline, whether it's understanding what a, what a routine is. I, I think I just try to bring those to light. You know, I don't, I don't try to talk down to them. I try to talk up to them. I try to be a, uh, a parent inside that classroom that uh, is, is nurturing to some, some degree, but also with a strong sense of discipline. I'm a step parent. So when I helped Maggie raise Molly and Hannah, when you learn to lump someone else's child, you, you, take, a, you take on a, a, an approach of blending your personality into theirs. And essentially, that's, that's what I've tried to do here. But at the same time, when I looked at my stepdaughters when they were young, I always felt like, you know, when when they get older and they're around a male, I I just want a male to be very protective of them. And I, I want them to protect their needs and protect protect who they are. And I've, I've always felt, I guess, that my philosophy has been shaped like that. And it's almost like with these boys, I'm trying to do the same thing with them is you're trying to create protectors. You're trying to tr- treat them, understand that, they're protecting their name. They're protecting their personality. They're they're the best reflection of their parents. They're a protector of Vanderbilt University, our athletic department, our baseball program. So as you grow from a skill standpoint, you also take on more responsibility as a person. And when you take on more responsibility as a person, you really have to be mindful of, of that protection notion that you yes, you are. You're protecting a lot of different entities here. And that, that, that takes a lot of thought and it takes uh, a lot of organization in your brain. So I think those are the things that, that, um, you know, I I try, I try to try to communicate with them, but I I enjoy that piece of it. And I think, I think they enjoy it themselves. I mean, we, they have notebooks, they write, they, you know, that notebook is theirs, they'll keep it. And uh, I think just trying to Understand that this is way more than a ball and a bat. And really, if, if their focus is on developing their own internal character and them as people, then they have a great chance to attain a lot of things in life uh, that, that they, they haven't identified yet, but at the same time will identify with their growth. Let's go into the
0: notebook of our National Scouting Supervisor, Brian Sikowski. Brian, what are you seeing?
9: It's going to do a little rundown here of uh, some of the top performances from the WWBA World Championship down in Fort Myers a couple weeks ago. Obviously, one of the biggest events on the, on the amateur calendar, an important event for players to stand out at, and, and many did. Uh, we'll start with Peter Hubeck, right-handed pitcher out of Maryland, a guy we identified in the summer as, as sort of a a real projection type of righty that we liked. We liked the body, we liked the athleticism and the spin profile stands out too. Uh, He was good in Fort Myers up to 94, flashes of a plus curveball. a guy that we're looking forward to monitoring his progress into the spring. Shane Panzini was also really good. uh, The big physical righty out of New Jersey, uh, did what he had to do, you know, really kind of solidified his stock uh, amongst the top several pitchers in the class. Up to 95 with the fastball, threw a bunch of 93-94, showed four pitches, showed the ability to throw strikes, repeated his delivery. was a really good outing for him. Roman Kimball from Canes National was outstanding in his look. Kind of sat 93-94 for a while, struck out eight in three innings. Slider and curveball were both good. He was excellent all summer on the circuit, and it was was good to see him close strongly. Mason Albright was his usual self. Uh, left-handed pitcher who's now at IMG Academy in Florida, Uh, one of the best pitchability guys in the class for sure. He was strong, 90-93 with angle, Uh, still showing the ability and the athleticism to manipulate his delivery and change tempos. Curveball and changeup are both good pitches. Going to be fun to see what he looks like in the spring as well, to see if that stuff ticks up just a little bit. From the West Coast, Thatcher Hurd came down to Fort Myers with FTB. He was really good, a guy that stood out at PG National earlier in the summer, Uh, a guy that we've liked in terms of his progress throughout the course of the year. He was good, up to 93, really good breaking ball at times. Uh, The spin data is kind of off the charts with him, the body and the delivery project, Um, a guy that we really like, and a guy who might end up a first-rounder. Kind of in that same vein, Drew Gray, uh, the lefty, who's now at IMG, also he's a two-way player. Uh, he's an outfielder with some ability with the bat, but in terms of the draft out of high school, he's he's looked at more as an arm and um, didn't have a really clean outing per se down in Fort Myers. But the the gains have been kind of evident with him. It's it's a really loose arm. Um, it's a really projectable body. He's athletic. It's up to 92, 93. Can really spin a breaking ball. It was a good look for him and a guy that, kind of like we said with Hurd, a guy who could continue to rise over the course of the offseason and might wind up in the top couple rounds of the draft next summer.
0: Let's take a pause for another minute for another scout size segment and focus on the World Series. Yeah, the World Series. Cody Bellinger and all of his heroics through October. And let's do it through the eyes of the man who handles all things scouting now for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Billy Gasparino. He's now currently building the future each and every year through the draft for the Dodgers. At the time, though, of the Bellinger draft, he was coming up the ranks and scouting for the San Diego Padres. Here's what he remembers about seeing high
4: schooler Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I, I saw Cody, you know, as a high school senior, and, and, and really, you know, at the time in San Diego, uh, I don't know if you remember, we had the, the deep right field, and the ball didn't carry, and uh, we were really trying to put an emphasis on right-hand hitters, because it just played better in our park. Um, now, since then, they've kind of adjusted some of the park dimensions and kind of fixed it. It's more, it plays more neutral, but at the time, it was a real factor, so You know, Cody, for us, was like an intriguing young prospect. Uh, Our areas identified him early, uh, but it was like a higher price tag and maybe not the best profile for our our park at the time. So we we didn't really get serious with him in San Diego. Um, But I do remember seeing him like a – kind of like a – you'd be surprised, like a really kind of low-power, light-hitting, good swing, good athlete, really instinctually game. A lot of the same traits he has now, but, you know, minus – a lot, a lot of power. So it, it's, you know, you could definitely see it coming, but it was like a double triple projection type power play at first base. And, um, you know, I give, you know, Logan White and the Dodgers, a lot of credit. They they, they saw it and they envisioned it uh, a lot better than the rest of the industry.
0: Let's go into the notebook and notes and laptop of Vinny Cervino, Perfect Games National Scouting Coordinator, also now with a strong push on the college game. Vinny?
7: With the WWBA World Championship in the books, it's always a good time to look back and see the prospects who really did well for themselves, made a name for themselves, as well as some guys who helped to improve their stock throughout the course of the tournament. A couple of position players really stood out throughout the week down in Fort Myers, uh, Brady House being one of them. He's a top three prospect in the class. Uh, we currently have him in the first round range, and what he needed to do was go down into Fort Myers and hit the ball hard. and hit the ball hard consistently, which is what he did. He batted close to 500 for the tournament. Uh, he took really competitive at-bats, hit the ball hard, 100-plus exit belows on a routine basis, so it was a very good weekend for Brady, as the, the tools of the package really speak for themselves when it comes to house. Another highly ranked shortstop prospect is Alex Mooney of the Canes, and uh, he he had himself a good week as well. He's a very twitchy, athletic player, uh, definitely a good bet to stick up the middle, has the arm strength and the athleticism to do it, had a very good summer with the bat. You'll remember he was the MVP of the Perfect Game All-American Classic, which is a challenging feat in and of itself so Mooney's another good bat as well as Khalil Watson for the Dirtbags had a monster weekend left-handed hitter really good athlete gonna play at shortstop at the next level has the arm to stick there has the athleticism to stick there hit a massive bomb over on uh Clemente Field at Terry Park that really had people talking for a good amount of the tournament so he, he's a very good bat who had a very strong summer and that seems to be kind of making its way throughout the fall, and he should be a lot of exciting, uh, he should be exciting to watch come next spring. A couple other guys who really impressed, uh, Colson Montgomery and Gavin Conicello. They're big, lean, athletic, left-handed hitters with good athleticism. Both might end up playing third base at the next level, but Colson Montgomery has some monster power. He's a highly ranked basketball recruit as well. He hit the ball very hard throughout the weekend, as Conicello for the Toronto Blue Jays scout team. Big, projectable right, uh, left-handed power from the third base in there, and he had himself a bomb as well. Good, good weekends for both of those two guys. When you're looking at uh, power potential, left-handed hitters. And finally, we'll close it out with uh, Alex Uloa for the Houston Astros scout team. He also hit a bomb. He's a very polished shortstop, I'll say. Good right-handed hitter. He's about six feet tall, but plays the position well. Plays it hard. He could probably play shortstop or second base at the next level because the bat's going to play. It really uses the whole field. It's more of a gap to gap approach and there is some power there to get into.
0: So I'm told to remind all of you to subscribe, then unsubscribe, then like, then keep liking, and just what is it, Danny? Push all the buttons, every everything you can click except Push for them all. Don't like, right? You can't don't like, right? Is that you they're not allowed to do like. that?
1: No. My so, turn. Oh, It's my turn to yeah, talk.
0: Yeah, that that means it's your turn now to to tell people cuz because you're the pro like with the long time <laughs> and the history. So what do they do? What do they do with this podcast?
1: Well, first of all, listen to it and like subscribe, share share with your friends, share with your family. We are so excited to be a part of you know, who you are and share your stories. And I mean, how freaking cool is this? Finally, a podcast, a place to house the incredible people who scout for perfect game. Those guys are unbelievably good at their jobs. And I can't wait to, you know, hear more from them and just all the people who play this game, who support this game. This is freaking awesome. And like the podcast, please.
0: I'm going to give you just a little a little bit of a peek under the hood here. Danny is uh, cooking up another segment that I think we're going to we're going to do and we'd love your feedback on it. However, you give your feedback, uh, social media, drop me an email. Um, But thinking about a parent segment too. I mean, Danny, that's that's kind of what you're thinking about, right?
1: I think that the parents are the hearts and souls of these young athletes and they're some of my favorite people to get to know at events and we love hearing from you and we love hearing your feedback and hearing the quirky things that you've done for your kids to help them get to where they are or the weird advice or you know just whatever you want to say so we're gonna, we're gonna bring some parents on.
0: All right, so that'll do it. That's a wrap for this time. Reminder, subscribe, like, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Find us, follow us. Every two weeks, we'll be dropping a brand new podcast. First of all, great insights from Perfect Game Scouts. Uh, They have just grabbed the bull by the horns on this project, and this podcast is so much better. Thanks to them. Chase Petty. And Mom, Bonnie, uh, thank you so much for your insights. And uh, Bonnie, thanks so much for your your parental guidance. We all need it on occasion. Darren Baker, thank you so much for your stories and your uh, memories. Looking ahead to to the future, can't wait till you're a pro. Again, every two weeks we do this. If you love the name Amateur Hour as much as I do, give Danny the credit because she came up with it. If you don't like it, then you can blame me. We'll see you again uh, every two weeks again. This is Amateur Hour, powered by Perfect Game. Peace.